Well, good morning, friends, and welcome to our 8.30 service. On this, the fifth Sunday of Lent, hard to believe. Uh, Palm Sunday is next Sunday, and then Holy Week, what a sacred season. To be worshiping God together. Uh, welcome to those of you who are in the room. Many more we know joining us online. Some of you are visiting with us. We are really honored uh, that you have come. We hope that you'll come back. Leave us some contact information so we can begin to befriend one another. My name is James Howell. I'm one of the pastors here. I'm up front this morning with my friend and colleague, Reverend Taylor Pride Barefoot. Good morning. It's so good to be in worship with you on this beautiful day. Uh, we encourage you to keep in touch with what's going on in the church. It's in your bulletin. Uh, we want to stay in touch with you as we finish out this Lent season together. Let us continue on in worship as we connect with God.
Church, let us continue to raise our voices as we affirm our faith with the Apostles' Creed, which is found in your hymnal on page 881. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Join me in our prayer of confession found in your bulletin. Gracious God, our sins are too heavy to carry, too real to hide, too hidden even to realize, and too deep to undo. Forgive what we hesitate to name, what our hearts can no longer bear. Set us free from a past that we cannot change, Open us to a future in which we can be changed, and grant us grace to grow in your likeness through Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Church, hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love for us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. The Psalter reading is Psalm 130. Out of the depths I cry to thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thy ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If thou, O Lord, shouldst mark iniquities, Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word, I hope. 
My soul waits for the Lord more than watchman for the morning. More than watchman for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plenteous redemption. And he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. This is the word of God for the people of God. Out of the depths. A couple of years ago in a sermon I told you about one of my uh, very good friends who uh, vanished for a couple of weeks. I, would, I texted him, didn't get a response, called, left voicemail. Wasn't hearing back. I don't know what was going on. Finally, I reached out to his wife, and she said, um, let me speak to him for you. He called me back and said, I'm sorry. He said, I, I fell in a hole. I fell in a hole. I said, uh, dude, next time you fall in a hole, you call me, and I'll pull you out of the hole. Or maybe better, I'll just sit in the hole with you. I had to add that second one, by the way. Sometimes we think, oh, yeah, someone will pull us out of the hole. There's some holes. It's chronic illness. It's someone's dying. There's not really a pulling out of the hole right now. When I told that in the sermon, of course, people immediately uh, reminded me of a scene from uh, West Wing where um, Leo is talking to Josh, who uh, is showing signs of battling alcoholism. He says, let me tell you a story. There's a guy that fell in a hole. He said, uh, the doctor came by and he said, doctor, can you help me out? The doctor said, sure. He wrote a prescription and dropped it down into the hole. Priest comes by and said, father, can you help me? And he said, sure. He writes a prayer and drops it down in the hole. His friend comes by and he says, friend, can you help me? And the friend jumps down in the hole. He said, well, that was stupid. Now there are two of us down here. And the friend says, yeah, but I've been in this hole before. I know the way out. It's a great line. I always appreciate assistance with my sermons. It's always too late, though, once you tell me, right? The way out, the pits of depression. I mean, what are they? What are the pits that we find ourselves in? It can be depression. It can be uh, broken relationships. feels like you're just in a hole. Some people narrate their work life to me, even if they're well compensated. It feels like you're just down in some kind of a pit. It could be a cancer diagnosis. I have a friend who just now has realized he is slipping into dementia. Such a hole. And then the places that you could go to if you want to think about a hole, East Palestine, Ohio, or Kiev. You see, holes aren't just personal. Say so the whole world has fallen into a hole. Uh, Lisa and I this week watched a um, documentary uh, by a guy named Wim Wenders. It's called Salt of the Earth. I would commend it to you. It's about a photographer from Brazil named Sebastião Salgado. I probably didn't pronounce that correctly. And it begins with uh, photographs that he took at uh, the Serra Palada gold mine in Brazil. There's a, one of his photos. It's on the cover of your bulletin. Uh, in 1979, this is so interesting, somebody discovered a chunk of gold. And uh, within a month, there were 20,000 people there. 
digging for gold, bag after bag after bag. The hole that you see on your bulletin cover, it wasn't a hole, it wasn't a mine, it was flat ground. Over the months, people digging for gold, one bag after another, pretty soon a huge, deep hole, 200 meters deep. Salgado said it looked like an anthill from a distance. He took photographs of it, and he said this, that when he arrived and saw all of those people desperately down in that hole digging for gold, he said this, when I reached the edge of that enormous hole, every hair on my body stood on end. Here in a split second, I saw unfolding before me the history of mankind, the building of the pyramids, the Tower of Babel, the minds of King Solomon. Not a single machine could be heard, only the babble of 50,000 people in one huge hole. I had returned to the dawn of time. He points out what I just pointed out to you, that there weren't machines, that wasn't a hole when it all began. He wrote this, all that earth had to be removed. He said, when you look at it, you get the impression that those are slaves. He said, but there was not a single slave, only slaves to the idea of getting rich. And I wonder if that hole isn't a parable of the fallenness of creation. You see what happened to that hole? It wasn't just that some people found gold and got rich. There were murders. There was prostitution. And then in the process of digging down into that hole and looking for gold, a lot of mer mercury w was released. And, of course, it made the rivers toxic and the wildlife, fish died. They had to shut it down after seven years. <laughs> It's a hole. Out of the depths we cry to you, O Lord. Good can come out of a hole in the ground. Uh, our yard right now has some bulbs that have come up because there was a hole. We put a bulb down there. Beautiful life comes up. It's a great thing. Uh, John Wesley, his Aldersgate experience of his heart being warmed, uh, he was lost and confused, and he staggered into the back of St. Paul's Church in London, and he heard Psalm 130 being chanted out of the depths. Changed everything for him. Joseph's brothers, they were jealous of him. They wanted to get rid of him. They threw him in a hole. <laughs> they thought they were rid of him, but then God brought coincidences together, and he became the most powerful man in Egypt and saved their own lives during the famine. Holes in the ground. I've been thinking about this. People for months have asked me, how's the construction project going? And for the longest time, I had to say, mm, I think it's a destruction project. Nothing seemed to be being built. There was just a big hole in the ground. Turned out uh, the building supervisor took me on a tour of the hole in the ground. There actually was a lot of stuff going on underground to enable what's happening today. You see steel going up, right? Got to go under the ground. We calling that building the center of hope. That's how hope works, right? There's a hole in the ground. You can't see anything, but yet there's new life that's coming up out of that. When you... Uh, contribute to and invest in this project, hint, hint. We need that after this year of inflation to get the whole thing done. You're investing in hope. You're investing in hope. Holes in the ground. On Friday, I went to our opening day of our Habitat project. If you haven't followed this, over near the airport on Morris Field Road, we're building 39 homes, like a whole neighborhood. It's an absolutely beautiful thing. And it's at this great stage now where some of the houses are coming up, yet they're holes where the new houses are going to be. It's just great. There's a hole in the ground. It becomes somebody's home. Their lives are changed. So proud of our church for doing this. Good hope comes out of a hole in the ground. Psalm 130 
is one of what the church calls their seven penitential psalms. I think about St. Augustine when he was dying. Um, he was confined to bed. He asked his uh, friends to come and just write the words of the seven penitential psalms, including Psalm 130, on huge paper in a big font around him. <laughs> so that he could concentrate on those psalms. I, I haven't asked you this, Mary Catherine, but I used to tell my kids when I'm on my deathbed, you know, come put the sound of music on repeat loop. I think what I prefer is just have Mary Catherine come and read scripture to me. Would you do that? There are seven penitential psalms, and uh, part of the way the church has always thought about it is that that's the antidote to the seven deadly sins. You know the seven deadly sins? It describes the good life in America, except the church has always said, these are the things that will be the undoing of your soul. You know the list, pride, greed, wrath, envy, lust, gluttony, sloth. Sounds great. And that is the undoing of the soul. Gandhi heard about the seven deadly sins, and he said there are seven social sins that are perhaps even more dangerous. They are wealth without work, pleasure without conscience, knowledge without character, commerce without morality, science without humanity, religion without sacrifice, politics without principle. Now you hear all of those and you just say, ouch, this describes our world. Our world is like that hole in the ground in Brazil. We're a broken people. We're a fallen people. We're a sinful people. And sin, I've reminded you of this recently. It's not that God has rules. You've broken the rules and God's really unhappy with you because you broke the rules. God's like a parent grieving over us. Like, how, how, could, how could you be fooled in this way? How could you be duped? How could you trust the things that shine and seem so cool in the world when I am here to offer you life? How could that happen? Uh, in 1967, the Beatles came out with a song called Fixing a Hole. Paul McCartney singing, I'm fixing a hole where the rain gets in, filling the cracks. I said to my friend when that song came out, I said, Paul McCartney's not fixing a hole. Right? He's paying somebody to fix a hole if he's got one. I wondered about Jesus. I mean, didn't Jesus fix holes? He was a carpenter. He was a builder at his house. Did Mary say, son, there, there's a hole. The water's leaking in. Jesus fixed the holes. Jesus' whole ministry was fixing holes. He descended into our holes. He comes where we have fallen. He comes where somebody like um, Leo and Josh have been, that hole. He's, he's been in that hole. He's been in the hole of darkness. He's been in the hole. He knows that hole of the Sarah Palata. He knows all of our holes. Uyan Kim went to Israel with me years ago. We took a group of young clergy, Bishop Goodpastor, and I did. And we went to the place where they've always uh, thought of it as the house of Caiaphas, which contained this uh, deep cave, which was the jail for Jerusalem, where they think Jesus would have spent the last night of his life after he'd been arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. And we descended down into that hole and uh, Bishop Goodpastor had all the lights turned out and it was pitch black darkness. He said, Jesus spent that long last night in such a pitch black, dark, cold stone hole. 
of Jesus' mission to come down in the hole. Such love. There's no hole that's too deep. There's no sin that is too great. There's no brokenness that is not within Jesus' reach, a hole that he cannot fix, a hole that he cannot fill up. For now, we just get glimpses of what God is doing. We have to wait. The psalm speaks of, out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord, that it ends by saying, my soul waits for the Lord. My soul waits. There's waiting. It's not like you're in a hole and God immediately yanks you out of the hole and everything's better five minutes later. It requires some waiting. It requires some watching. It takes time. While we're in the hole, we look for signs, any sign of grace, any sign of hope that we can find. I like to think of this uh, destruction that is now a construction that is our church building. That's a great sign of hope. Just a sign. It's a pretty good sign. A new neighborhood going out near the airport. It's just a sign. You look for signs wherever you can. And then there are coincidences, and you probably know I'm not one to make a whole lot of coincidence saying that God's doing this. Because when we do that, we wind up with dumb stuff like God caused that car accident or God gave my mother cancer, all these terrible thoughts that we have. Then every now and then there's just some coincidence, and you say, it's got to be the kingdom of God somehow. I received an email this morning right before I came to church uh, from Candace Richter. Candace and Michael were members of our church until about a decade ago, and they moved to Colorado. About 12 years ago, they had a child that was born with serious, serious health challenges. We were not sure that child would survive a day. He's now 12, and even though they live in Colorado, Candace stays in touch with me. She sent me an email that was pretty Remarkable. She narrated the travel that she and uh, Michael were on, and they'd taken a red-eye flight, and when they got to the airport, they're in the Uber, and they strike up, this is in Denver, Colorado, they strike up a conversation with the Uber driver, and they, just in chatting, discover that they have a connection to Charlotte, and then talking about Charlotte, church comes up, and then my name comes up, and the Uber driver, his name, Ben Kong Kwok, he's Vietnamese, he said, James Howell, he said, James Howell was my pastor. He taught me preaching in seminary. It's nothing, right, that I got this email this morning. And yet it's a beautiful thing. I mean, think God works in such ways. Small connections, small ties across time. God's doing something. God is good, and so we wait. We watch. Find ourselves in holes. Jesus knows the way out. Jesus comes into the hole just to be with us. For this, we give thanks to God. Let us prepare our hearts for prayer. O God, in whom we live, move, and have our being, we praise you for your steadfast love for all people. In the face of all that wearies us and worries us, your word echoes across the centuries with hope. As we follow the footsteps of Jesus in this Lenten season, the cross stands before us. We trust you are never far from our sorrows, walking with us, sharing our tears. 
in this time of worship. Renew our trust in your abiding presence. Lord, in your mercy. O God, who knows us through and through, we confess our memories can cause us to struggle with our faith. We remember difficult times and wonder where you were. We remember tragedies and ask how you could let them happen. We remember our mistakes and wonder how you could love us. Forgive us when our memories turn us away from you. Lord, in your mercy. God of the loving heart, thank you that in Christ you call each of us by name and unite us in his body, the church. Give us love enough to make a difference in your world and trust enough to follow even when the way ahead of us is challenging. Lord, in your mercy, O oh God of peace and promise, we pray today for people and places divided by ancient bitterness and current hostility. We especially remember the people of Ukraine who have suffered so much loss. We are grateful that in Christ you have taken up the cross and know by heart the things that bring us pain and suffering. We are especially mindful this day of all those who have suffered the loss of loved ones, and we remember the family of Janet England in their time of grief. May they be comforted. Lord, in your mercy. O God of hope and new possibilities, now give us the courage we need to face the future Assured of your steadfast love for all your children, we offer our prayers this morning in the sure and certain hope of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. In advance of your giving this morning, on behalf of the many lives that will be touched by your tithes and offerings, I give you thanks on behalf of all those people. Ushers, if you'll come.
gifts into your hands, praying that they may become seeds of new life, springing up with hope and healing for weary souls. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. Friends, we come to our Lord's table. All are welcome at Christ's table. All who are broken, who have need, who dream, who love. Jesus wants all of us to come. Uh, we will begin with our prayers of consecration. You'll sing the uh, responses. You can find those at the front of your hymnal, beginning on page 17. If you don't know them, the musicians will lead us, of course. Uh, and then uh, we'll invite you to come forward. You can receive uh, standing in one of two lines here. Somebody will hand you a piece of bread, dip it gently into the cup, return to your seat by way of the outside aisle. You can receive kneeling. Uh, we have these packets that are um, gluten-free and COVID-friendly, if that's something that you would like to receive as well. So, friends, let us join together now in the great Thanksgiving. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father, almighty creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. he gave himself up for us, the Lord Jesus took bread. And after giving you thanks, he broke the bread. He gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, again he gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this all of you, for this is the cup of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine 
make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we might be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory are yours, almighty Father, now and forever. of the children of God, let us pray as our Lord taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done.
Friends, let us join together now in the prayer after communion, which you will find printed in your bulletin. Let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. Uh, last week, I confessed to you, I failed to proofread the bulletin. I did it again this week. I'm sorry. So, uh, on the last hymn, what we had programmed is that we would sing, Hughes nodding, that we would sing stanzas four and five of Hear, O My Lord, I See Thee Face to Face. So let us stand and join together in singing. Now may the grace of our risen Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each one of us both now and forevermore.